book of Nehemiah this morning will be in Nehemiah chapter number 2, the Old Testament book of Nehemiah chapter number 2, and certainly what a day uh, that will be when we see our Lord and Savior, uh, and I trust that you know Him personally, you know that you will uh, see Him. I look forward to seeing loved ones one day, but uh, none, more, none more than the Savior, and we look forward to that. Know for certain that you're saved. Nehemiah chapter number 2 this morning, we're going to read uh, four verses of scripture for our text and we'll refer to a few others uh, from this chapter. And I want to preach a message this morning that I want to be a help to us as a church collectively and I'm certain that it will be if we apply the scripture and of course it'll be a help to us individually as well. Book of Nehemiah uh, chapter number 2, we'll begin reading with verse number 17 towards the end of the chapter. Uh, Verse 17 of Nehemiah chapter 2, and we'll read down to the end of the chapter, verse 20. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. I want us to look at this passage of Scripture, and I want to preach on this subject this morning. Let us build a work for God. Let us build a work for God. I think oftentimes when we hear the phrase or the preacher says, let's build something for God, I think a lot of times in the minds of Christians, it's, preacher, I... I agree with that. I'm right behind you as you build the work for God. And uh, that's not the way God intends it. And uh, this morning, I want to challenge all of us uh, as we look into the Word of God here. And God has been good to us. Uh, A work has been built. A great work has been built. Uh, But I don't think God uh, wants this to be the height of what we do for Him. And so I want us to think about that this morning. Let us build a work for God. Father, I pray... Uh, as we look into the Word of God this morning, that the Spirit of God would enable me. Uh, may my mind be sharp and clear. May the Holy Spirit of God work in each and every heart today. Uh, Father, my first thought and my first prayer is to one who might not be saved this morning, uh, might have need of salvation, may they get that settled. And Father, to the church this morning, may we uh, turn our hearts to you, may we Uh, Let the Holy Spirit of God instruct us today. And may we find ways that uh, we can apply the scripture this morning, the message this morning to our lives so that uh, a greater work for you can be done. We ask that you bless what we do today, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As many, if not most of you know, I enjoy uh, reading. I I would consider myself an avid reader of history. I enjoy different periods of history and Uh, One that is my favorite uh, period of history is during the colonial times of our nation. 
uh, back in the founding of our nation. Some fascinating, fascinating men lived during that time. I, I imagine one reason, and my mind goes to that this morning, one reason, because if you study our founding fathers, uh, we know that they win. We're free today because they won our independence. They didn't know that they were going to win. Uh, they, they thought they were going to lose. And quite, quite frankly, if it hadn't been the providence of God, uh, we never would have won our independence. But you, you look back to those men who forged a nation, and they used their lives to build something. Many of them sacrificed their fortune to build something that would go on for generations to come. Many lost their life during the struggle to build something. Uh, many gave up their freedom to build something. Certainly one of the uh, cries during that time and one of the uh, narratives to not go to war for our independence was uh, the motivation behind it was because of everything it was going to disrupt. It was going to disrupt way of life. It was going to disrupt the way they had always known it. Uh, but yet there were some who used their lives to build something that would last, build something that would matter. And certainly today, uh, I say, and I know that you would agree with me, aren't we thankful that there were some who saw beyond their own freedom, beyond their own life. We have the greatest nation on the face of the earth today. But there's something greater that can be built, and that is a work for God. As we look at our text this morning, there's a challenge from Nehemiah to rise up and build. Uh, God's people had been in bondage. God's city had been destroyed. Here is a man, Nehemiah, he had lived in the palace and he had been burdened about the situation and now he has come to do whatever he can to remedy the situation. The walls that had been broken down needed to be rebuilt. The walls were important for the livelihood of the city. And he, he challenges the people to rise up and build. Let's build something. Let's do something. Certainly a great challenge to the people. And one where they faced adversity. One where they faced enemies. Uh, one that they did <coughs> complete. Uh, a work they did complete for God. I believe we can take this same passage of scripture this morning. And I believe we can take that same truth and that same challenge and that same principle. And apply it to us today as a church. And I would say let us build a work for God. As I've already alluded to, a great work has already been built. Much labor has already gone into what uh, we reap the benefits of today. Many, many, many souls have been won to Christ. Many lives have been changed. But I still bring the challenge this morning of, as a church, let us build a work for God. The challenge to us today is to lose our, use our life to build something that goes beyond our reach. I love the thought of being able to influence and impact that which is close to me. Friend, you and I, when it comes to the things of God and as the local church, we have an opportunity to reach much, much further than that which we could reach out and touch in our proximity. We have a challenge this morning to build something 
that goes beyond our lifetime. That continues that long after we're gone, if the Lord tarries his coming, that what we did as a Christian, what we did as a church, continues to touch lives and make an impact for generations to come. What a challenge. What an opportunity. Nehemiah and these people rebuilt the walls. Can you imagine how satisfying that must have been when they rebuilt the walls? But after Nehemiah took his last breath, the walls were still there. And friend, this morning, I want to challenge us as individual Christians, but yet us collectively as a church, to build a work for God. I want you to build a home for God. Oh, my challenge this morning is to every young couple to build a home that honors God. Build a home for God. Build a marriage that not just pleases you, but pleases God. Rear your children to please God. Don't rear your children to take care of you when you're old one day. Rear them to please God, and they will take care of you when you're old one day. Rear your children to serve God. Your children may be gone. They may have maybe already out of the house today. Uh, continue to have a home that honors and glorifies God. Uh, we need homes. I want you to build a home that would honor God. We must continue to build a church that pleases God. Inside this church, there are individual Christians that, of course, make up the church. We're a church collectively, but the church is what it is because of everyone individually. This morning, my challenge to you is to build your life as a Christian. Build your life as a Christian. I want you. To, I want to challenge you this morning to be a better Christian tomorrow than you are today. Be a better Christian next year than you are this year. Be a stronger person of faith in the future than you are right now. Build your Christian life. Look at your Christian life, and let's be honest this morning. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. We know where we're failing this morning. My challenge is for you to build a life that pleases God, a life that honors God. We'll talk about the church in just a moment, but I want to talk about each individual in here. How is your Christian life? Build it. Grow in your faith. Grow in your your faith in God. Become closer and closer to your God. Hey, I want you to have a pastor that's close to God. But I want you to be close to God. I want you to know that you can get your prayers answered. I want you to live by the word of God and build a life on the principles of the word of God. I want every person, no matter where you would be in your Christian life today, to build your life. Build your life as a Christian. In turn, as individuals build their lives, build their homes collectively together, then we're able to build a church for God. But one thing that I believe this country is missing is builders. Those that don't want to build a home or build a Sunday school class. Preachers, even in Baptist churches, would rather be an internet celebrity than actually build a work for God. Let's build. I want us to build a work for God. Just like you, it's your responsibility to build your life. Collectively, it's our responsibility to determine that we're going to rise up and we're going to build. We're going to continue to move forward and build something that honors God. 
Let's look at some truths found in our text this morning. First of all, the first statement I'll make, and we'll look in verse number 10, is this. We must be willing to search or to seek the welfare of others. Look at verse number 10. When Sanballat and Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly. What grieved them? That there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Hey, if we're going to build a work for God, we must be willing to seek the welfare of others. Oh, we live in a selfish world. Oh, just generally speaking, Christians are selfish today. What does the church do for me? Pastor, what are you going to do for me? What is brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so going to do for me? No, friend, if we're going to build a work for God, we've got to be concerned with the welfare of somebody else. Hey, I know our problems are real. I know our burdens get heavy. But every once in a while, we got to set that aside and consider that there's somebody else that's hurting just like we're hurting. There's somebody else that needs the Savior that we found. There's somebody else that needs a friend as we say we need a friend. As a matter of fact, a lot of you Christians, if you quit saying, well, I don't have a friend, I don't have a friend, there's probably somebody out there that needs a friend. Go be their friend and befriend them and bring them to the Son of God. and You build each other in the work of God. We must be willing to seek the welfare of others. Think about this man, Nehemiah. As he challenged the people to rise up and build. They faced obstacles. They faced enemies. They had a great task ahead of them. Nehemiah was a man, let this sink in for a moment, who lived in a palace, yet was concerned by those living in the rubble of a broken-down city. Let me say that again because I want it to sink in. Nehemiah lived in a palace, yet was concerned by those living in the rubble of a broken-down city. Oh, let me just get right down where we live very quickly because time is moving fast. There's many Christians that live in the palace of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We have what I believe the greatest music in the world. I believe we've got the greatest people in the world. On a weekly basis, we see the blessings and the benefits of a great God. When's the last time you got concerned about those living in the rubble of the world? Those who have nobody to pray for them. Those who have nobody concerned for their welfare. Hey, well, I've reared my children, and and I'm thankful for the ministries of this church that enabled me and helped me to rear my children. What about the little children that are out there that nobody loves them, nobody cares for them, nobody is concerned for their well-being? See, if we're going to build a work for God, we must be, be willing to seek the welfare of others. He lived in the palace, but yet he grieved over the condition. Friend, we as a church, we need to be aware 
while God is still blessing and God is doing many things in our nation, it is still a nation that is moving away from God. There are still people who need the Lord in our own city. And we've got to be willing to look outside of what God is doing amongst us and be concerned about the welfare. That's why, that's why we continue in the midst of building programs, continue to add missionaries on. Why? Because there are people on the other side of the world, they don't want a building to sit in. They just, don't, they just want a Bible in their hand to hold. Uh, they, they, don't want, they don't want carpet. Uh, they just want somebody to preach to them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we've got to continue to seek the welfare of others if we're going to do a great work for God. See, we must be concerned with the, those living in the rubble of broken homes, broken lives, broken society. Friend, our society is broken. Our society is a mess. Our society is turned upside down. The more people are given over to society and all the things of society, the worse off they are. What's the answer? For somebody to decide, let's build a work for God so that we can seek the welfare of those who are hurting this morning. Oh, we must seek those, the welfare of others this morning. Number two, look with me in verse number 12. The first phrase of verse number 12, And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. The second thing I'll mention this morning, if we want to build a work for God, is we, there must be a sacrifice of time. Nehemiah, who lived in a palace. Nehemiah who had a routine. Nehemiah, who had responsibilities, probably filled his day full. I mean, being the king's cupbearer, you had a lot on your, literally and figuratively, on your plate. Uh, to be the king's uh, cupbearer, uh, you had a lot of responsibilities. What happened? He arose in the night. He arose in the night. Chapter 1 tells us more about this. The beginning of chapter number 2, and he went and was concerned and prayed and wept over the city. Now, there must be a sacrifice of time. Christians, let me just, let me just be, be as blunt as I possibly can be this morning. All of us, your pastor included, one day we're going to give an account to God of our time. And all the excuses we use of not being able to inconvenience ourselves. Oh, we're going to give an account of those. And I, think, I believe we're going to be ashamed of the excuses that we've used that we, we didn't have time to give to God. We didn't have time to build a work. Pastor, I'm all for building a work for God. I'm just glad other people have time to do it and I don't have time to do it. Friend, if you were going to be part of building a life for God, a home for God, be part of a church that wants to build a great work for God, it's going to cost you time. You're going to have to sacrifice time. You know, you're going to have to sometimes arrange your schedule to pray. Christian, are you too busy to pray? Then you're too busy. Well, Pastor, what do I cut out? Well, I don't know. We could probably find something. Well, in order to pray like a Christian ought to pray, I might, ought to, I might have to cut out things that I enjoy doing. See, the, the greatest hindrance in the life of a lot of Christians aren't sinful things. 
Now, simple things are a hindrance to us. But you could take something that in itself is not wrong, in itself is not sinful, but if it keeps us from that which we know we should do, or it keeps us from that which we could do to build our life for Him, to build our home for Him, to build a church for Him, then in, in itself it becomes a stumbling block. It becomes something that is a hindrance to us simply because we didn't arrange our schedule to make some time. You might have to get up earlier in the morning to pray for your children. You might have to get up earlier in the morning to pray uh, for, for God to meet your needs. You might have to get up earlier in the morning to pray uh, for God to do a work in the house of God. You might have to adjust your schedule just a little bit and, and, and make a point so that you can be a part of building a work for God. See, there's a lot of average Christians. We'll call them that this morning. There's a lot that are happy with the status quo. My bills are paid. We've got a great little church that we want to be a part of. But friend, I want to build a work for God. I want to build a life for God. I want to build a home for God. I want there to be a work that goes beyond my lifetime and the next generation. I want there to be something to show that reaches not just into the neighborhoods of Jacksonville, Florida, but across our nation and across our world. A great work for God. You know what? Somebody's going to have to get up in the morning and pray. Somebody's got to stay up late at night and pray. Somebody's going to have to let the Holy Spirit nudge them in the middle of the night and wake them up to pray. But you know we're going to have to make a sacrifice of time if we're going to labor. It's amazing to me. Now, we're an intelligent crowd. I can tell by looking at all of us. That we'll say, <clears throat> I want a build. I want, a bi I want to build... I want to build a life for God, but I don't want to work. I want to build a home that will please God, but I don't want to labor. Pastor, let's build a ministry. Let's build a work for God, as long as I don't have to labor. Well, labor and build kind of go together. If you're going to build a life, you're going to have to work at it. If you're going to build a home, a marriage, you have to work at it. And certainly if we together are going to build a work for God, it's going. we're going to have to sacrifice time to labor. There's physical labor that we can do. And I'm grateful for the, the heart and the spirit since we've started this process of our relocation and getting all of our buildings established of the sacrifice of time and labor of so many of you. But I don't want to put you in a bad mood this morning. Some of you, you, you came in that way, so we're good. There's going to be more. There has to be more. Well, Pastor, I'd like to be a part, but it means I'd have to come out on an extra night. Pastor, I'd, I'd like to be a part, and I know some of you can't. And we prefer to have labor where we're not going to have to call the ambulance after you've been here for about half an hour. We're going to have to rearrange our schedules. It must be a sacrifice of time if we're going to be a witness. Yes. You know, I've, I've, I've been saved since I was very, very young. My family moved to the area when I was six years of age. Been here almost, almost, I mean, close to 40 years of my life. 
this is coming this next June. My wife and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage. And so for that 24 and a half, 24, a little over 24 years where I've been out, not including the time away at college, I've been out on my own, have my own place to live with a heart for ministry, called to preach. One thing I've discovered with that experience, are you ready for this? They're not coming to my door for me to give them the gospel. I can put a sign out front. If you're going to hell, make an appointment. I'll show you how you can be saved. They're not coming to my door. Now, if they come to my door, they get the gospel. Trick-or-treating is a blast, let me tell you. But they're, they're not coming to my door. They're not coming to your door. We have to sacrifice some time. Have you ever been in a rush going from point A to point B in the week? The Holy you, you cross paths with somebody and the Holy Spirit of God impresses upon you to witness that person. Stop and invite them to church. Give them a track. I've got places to go. Please. You know, sometimes we have to sacrifice our time if we're going to build a work for God. You might have to sacrifice some time to, to help somebody get here on Sunday. I believe this, and it's not just true of our church. I believe this is, is true all, all the way across the board. Every, every Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that you can think of, there's more people that would be in church on Sunday if the church people just made a greater effort for them to be there on Sunday. But it takes time. If you're going to walk with others, if you're going to weep with others, if you're going to encourage others, you have to inconvenience yourself to do that. There must be a sacrifice of time. I move very quickly to the last uh, part of the message. We see in verse number 12, And I rose in the night, and I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Notice, and you want to underline this in your Bible, what my God had put in my heart. Number three, let me say this. There must be a, a willingness to take personal responsibility for building the work. Nehemiah was less concerned with what God put in everybody else's heart. He's more concerned about what God put in his heart. God put in my heart the burden, Nehemiah would say, of my city. God put in my heart the burden to rebuild the walls. He took personal responsibility. It's time, let me just say it here on a Sunday morning, it's time for Christians to take some personal responsibility of their own walk with God. It's time for some Christians to take their own responsibility. And if you're, if you're offended this morning, uh, th th that is on you, not on somebody else. It's time we take personal responsibility. Well, the church did this to me. Well, pastors did that. They, 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 they said this. Well, no, no, no. It's your responsibility for you to be right with God. It's your responsibility for you to have a walk with God. And Nehemiah said, I spoke with them about what God has put in my heart. We have too many Christians today, just quite frankly this morning, talking about what they believe is in everybody else's heart. And what are you doing? And what are you doing? And why aren't you doing? And why aren't you doing? I can't believe that they, they, they wore that today. I can't believe that they picked that song to sing. I can't believe the pastor preached on that. What is he? Is he not studying anymore? I, I just can't believe that. No, let's talk about what's in your heart. 
Every one of us have the responsibility to look ourselves in the mirror. And am I doing everything that I should do as a child of God? We live in a day where we must build a life for Him. We must build a home for Him. We must build a church, a work for Him. Nehemiah took personal responsibility. But we need to take personal responsibility of our own life, our own homes. Well, I'm thankful for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm thankful that very soon we'll have the buildings to get our Sunday school going like we want to have it going and have all the different ministries that will help our families and be a blessing to our families. But it's not the youth director's responsibility to control your teenager. Take the personal responsibility. Pastor, what are you going to do with my kid? I ain't doing nothing with your kid. When church is over, I'm sending them home. I'll pray for them. I'll love them. I'll give them whatever counsel I can. But take some risk. And, and I will help you if you get in, in, in a difficult situation. But it is your responsibility. You can't hand them off to the church. It's your responsibility. And friend, this morning, it's our responsibility to reach the people around us. It's our responsibility to build a work for God that people can still come and they'll get the gospel and they can receive Christ as their Savior. It's our responsibility to have a place where there's love and there's grace and, there, and there's Christian courtesy extended to, hey, you want to hear from heaven? Come sit on the, on the pews of Emmanuel Baptist Church and you can be loved and prayed for and, and somebody will be a friend to you. It's our responsibility. But he didn't pass it off on somebody else. He, I, don't, I don't remember what, recall what the numbers are, but there's some survey, some study from years ago that said a certain percentage of the people do a certain percentage of the work. And it's a, it's a small percentage of the people that do the large majority of the work. Now, I know we're above average. But we all ought to take responsibility This morning, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot, but how many of you, and I know we have visitors and some that have been coming for a while, but how many of you are a member of, of Emmanuel Baptist Church? Let me see your hand. And this is your church. This is your church. It, then, if this is your church, don't you have some responsibility in your church? I mean, I'm sure at home everybody has some responsibility. I'm sure every, every mom, at least mom and wife, at least at one time, has at least thought, well, everybody thinks I'm here. I'm just supposed to clean everything up and do everything over here. Everybody got some responsibility in this. Didn't the home go better? This is your church. It's our responsibility. Let's quit passing the buck. Let's quit deferring the responsibility, all of us. I, I'm thankful. There's many, many, many of you that pray for me on a very regular basis. I appreciate that. But for no other reason, I, I live in a home with four, with, with, with four women. So, But could you imagine if everybody prayed for the pastor? 
Think about that. There are many of you, as I do, have a list. We pray for prodigals. But this morning, could you imagine if every member prayed for the prodigal? I know there's many in this building that pray for lost souls to be saved. But could you imagine if every member of the church prayed for lost souls? Well, Pastor, that's not my responsibility. Oh, it is our responsibility. Oh, and dare I get on this before I move to number four? My time is already out. This is an above average church when it comes to giving. Could you imagine if every member tithed what could be done for God? Could you imagine if every member gave to missions what could be done for God? Could you imagine if every member, their heart was in tune, if every member, well, I, I, can't, I can't afford to do that. Well, I, I have encountered in my 20 plus years of ministry that in the, in the lives of most Christians, if you just cut out the sin you're paying for every month, You've got enough money to give something to a missionary. Time forces me to move on. And all God's people said, amen, move on. Number four, and finally we see in verse 18, Then I told them of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he has spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build so they strengthened their hands for this good work. Number four, if we're going to build a work for God, we must strengthen. This morning as I go and conclude, I don't have time to even get to my conclusion this morning, but I'll use point number four to get to the conclusion. If we're going to do something for God, our nation needs a group of people to do something for God. Our city needs needs a group of people to determine to do something for God. If that's going to be the case, you must strengthen your walk with God. Your time in the Word of God. Your time in prayer. We, individually and collectively, if we're going to... There, 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 are, there are people who need us while we, while we meet here, there are people not too far from us that we can have a help and an influence. But we have to strengthen our walk with God. This morning, I want you to look at yourself and no matter where your walk with God is, no matter how much time you currently spend in the Bible, no matter, no matter how much time you currently pray, all of us, the challenge is the same. We must strengthen, we strengthen our walk with God. We must strengthen our homes, strengthen our marriages. We need to have homes that bring honor and glorify to God. We must strengthen our church. We have a strong church. We have a very strong church. But... If we're going to do the work for God that I believe God would have us do for Him, we have to get stronger. 
we have to collectively be stronger as a church. Let me, I've been, I've been very pointed on this Sunday morning, so let me just drive this home and we'll go to our invitation. If we're going to get stronger, many are going to have to get a little more concerned about their church attendance. When I understand sickness comes, and there's some who are sick today can't be here. Your church attendance, when you don't give it the attention it deserves, it hurts the church. Your lack of attendance, say, Pastor, we're here this morning. I know, I know, but we need to be reminded of it. It can discourage somebody else from coming. If we're going to build a work for God, I'm not talking about being an average church. I'm not talking about everybody shows up on Sunday morning and nobody shows up on Sunday night. Praise the Lord. I know every Wednesday night this place is full in here on a Wednesday night Bible study. We attend church, but all of us have got to look at it and say, I've got to be there every time the church doors are open so that I can help build a work for God. Don't you want something to go beyond your life, beyond your ability? You as a single Christian can serve God can be a blessing to others, but collectively, all of us together can build. God has promised to bless His church. We're going to have to be serious about our attendance, serious about our serving. Many serve, and I know right now, because of our space situation, a lot of our areas to serve have been pulled back until we can get all of our buildings the way they need to be, but there's areas that we all can serve in. We ought to be serving. Everyone can find a place to serve. I've already touched on it. I'll mention it again, giving. Giving. I am thankful that I belong to the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Are you? We have an opportunity, and we, we, there is a work for God here. And, 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 and quite frankly, God's hand of blessing is on this place. To a pastor, how can you so confidently say that? What, aren't you, are you paying attention? I know it because of what God does in his blessings, and I know it because of how hard Satan fights against it. But I want to build a work for God that goes beyond what we can do individually. We can build a work for God that impacts many, many lives. There was a day, and I know I'm over time, and we'll, we'll be fine, when the city of Jacksonville was a hotbed of Bible preaching, separated, soul-winning churches. And now it's a graveyard of what once was Bible-believing, soul-winning churches. I would say to us this morning, the walls need to be rebuilt. Somebody, a group of people, has got to be concerned enough to do it. We've been coasting, we've been coasting, because God has been had us in transition. But I'm telling you, we need to determine that we're going to build something, build a work for God. It starts with you determining to build your own life. Build your life, build your life, build your life. 
If you haven't trusted Christ as your personal Savior, trust Him this morning. You can't build a life for Christ without knowing Him as your personal Savior. So whatever that next step of commitment is, you take that step of commitment. Boy, the, in, 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 our, in our church, in our community, in, in our city, we need to be a strong, united group that says, God, you've blessed us, you've taken care of us, but we really want to build something great for you. Build your home. Build your home. Your children still are at home. You have a great responsibility. Great responsibility. Build them. Build your marriage. Collectively together, let's build a work for God. Father, I pray for this.